Just a quick word before we start this podcast. At the time of release, I'm preparing to run 10k, 10 kilometers on May the 22nd, 2022. I'm trying to raise as much money as I can to send over to Ukraine to provide medical aid and assistance. So please go to my GoFundMe page, Toby's Wheezing and Groaning for 10k for Ukraine. There's a link in the blurb that's easier and there's links pinned to my Twitter pages. That would be really, really helpful if you could send even the smallest amount. Every little, as they say, helps. Thanks very much, and here's the podcast. Welcome to this special episode of Happy Times and Places. Special? Why? Because it's filmed abroad. Does that make a difference? No, it just means that the cast get to sleep with each other. Who are the cast? That's just me, Toby Haydock, seeing if I can guess my special guest's favourite things about a Doctor Who story. He's filming all his stuff at home. He doesn't get to come on the trip. My name's Matt Hayden. Uh, I train people in conflict management, teamwork, communication skills, uh, cultural diversity, things like that. And all of these fascinating topics, I think, are examined in immense detail in my choice of story. It's The Two Doctors, and I'll be fascinated to see what you think of it. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're hungry for more delights from the Doctor Who story, The Two Doctors. We have on the menu the thoughts of my good friend Matt Hayden, uh, who isn't uh, known to Doctor Who fandom. He's uh, just a chum of mine. Uh, nothing just about that. Um, uh, and also one of those delightful people you meet in life who Matt is very knowledgeable about a lot of things. So even though he's not a Doctor Who fan, he could still name doctors and stories. And, you know, he's the sort of guy that can spot Ronald Rad from 20 paces without, uh, as I say, considering himself a, a, an expert because he also knows about... Well, no, he's a movie buff. Sure, he's a movie buff. So, um, But he knows about lots of other things as well. But yeah. He knows enough about Doctor Who uh, without uh, ever feeling the need to buy a DVD or anything. So um, he said he fancied doing The Two Doctors, which I'm very happy about because there's not enough Colin Baker love in Happy Times and Places at the moment. Uh, I've had a few few more. A lot of them have been claimed now, to go out, but, uh, but actually nobody else has, has recorded their thoughts bar Emma Reeves, who did Time Lash really early on in the process. And, uh, and now Matt with the two doctors. So let's see what is in store with episode two. As you see, I've just turned up the. Uh, I love this music. I love this music, and that the music is on the DVD menu. Uh, but I'm going to have to go to episode selection because we're for episode two or part two to give it its correct nomenclature. And I'm going to press select in three, two, one. Worked first time, but of course there's a pause. So as the Starfield kicks in, uh, well, thanks uh, for listening to this. Uh, I do like, I like the two Doctors. Um, I think I was always going to be predisposed to like it. Uh, I'm sure I mentioned in the last episode, which uh, I recorded a while ago. Sorry, there's been a, a gap between recordings. Uh, probably a longer gap between recordings than uh, between you listening, because um, you get one a week. Uh, but I was predisposed to like this because it had old stuff in it. I'm curious about the past. I listened to, uh, I listened to um, a Fleetwood Mac song that just came on the radio the other day, and it reminded me it was one of the few tapes I had. My friend Duncan did it for me on cassette, 
uh, and uh, and it reminded me of my teenage years, which weren't necessarily particularly happy because they were full of all those teenage worries, and I wasn't terribly happy at home, but I had Doctor Who as an island. But I I think I did feel a sort of thrill of potential of those, though, because there's something very alive about being a teenager and that you know crossing over into the threshold of being an adult when you can decide the things that you want to do and you you suddenly don't have to do as you're told all of the time and the feel that one was on the cusp of that whilst still living at home i remember being very exciting uh but how old was i one and 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 listening to that piece of music i suddenly got very emotional i got very teary um the past the past is a curious place where it's a sort of safe refuge because we know we got through it but also we we miss it because it's gone and i think i look back now and wish I'd tried to be happier um, uh, because actually, you know, adulthood is not just about doing what you want. There's so many other different pressures that you have to bear. And actually, you're never freer than when you're a teenager, free of responsibilities. And I wish I didn't perhaps, perhaps enjoy. I did enjoy my teenage years. Well, it was a mixture of joy and angst, which is very much what watching Doctor Who was like uh, during this period. Um I, uh, I, um, I, you know, I, I loved Doctor Who, but was also very aware that it, it wasn't as good as it used to be. Uh, whereas, of course, now um, I, I view this era the same as any other. Uh, there are there are highs and lows. There are bits I like about each story and bits I don't. One of the things that I, I, I've not quite got to grips with is why <laughs> Jamie Jamie has dressed as a garage mechanic and and turned into a, um, I mean, whatever he was trying to do to Perry there. It's amazing how sort of casually um, abusing abusing young women, well, certainly poor old Perry, she goes through it, uh, is sort of thrown thrown around as random jeopardy in this, but it was pretty, it was pretty good. I remember my sister sort of, I think, I think looking slightly askance at the way that, uh, we didn't know it was Jamie at the time, but the, the feral creature wrapped its leg around Perry uh, in a certain way. I always thought these things were good. The way that, again, uh, uh, Matt um, mentioned uh, Colin's, uh, uh, sort of grappling with the gumblejack uh, and, and convincing you that it was life. The way he applied those things, which I assume are a reverse needle, it's an old trick, the needle goes back into the shaft, but the way they stick to his neck and the needle goes in, I was, I, they looked real to me and I sort of, I, even though I knew that they couldn't be, it's just a nice little touch when Doctor Who pays attention to the little details. I remember Russell T Davis on the commentary of Army of Ghosts talking about not being happy with a particular button and they had to uh, on the on the you know on the ghosty machine thing that the doctor made that they actually went back and and did little reshoots for the close-ups of the buttons and that sort of attention to detail is breathtakingly uh impressive and uh, you know indicative of um his uh his his grasp of of how the show works and how the show sometimes it exists in the the minutiae and you 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 carry on you you carry off a little moment like that and you just help to sell the dream and you foul up a little moment like that and uh and it can make the 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 cynics or the or the the the, the suspension of disbelief um uh more difficult it can, it can arm the cynics those predisposed to to not like this stuff um uh, but but I, I nonetheless I I do feel that Jamie is perhaps a trifle more sophisticated to this time on the TARDIS than to uh, 
than to turn into whatever it is he turns into for the sake of the cliffhanger. Um, because there's no other explanation other than he's been left alone for a bit on a space station. So, so he gets changed. Uh, uh, and, and as I say, the first thing he thinks to do is uh, try to molest the first person that comes along, who typically, of course, is Perry, um, uh, for, for whom seemingly molestation was... Uh, was part of the job description when she uh, signed up for companion college. Um, anyway, uh, mixed a metaphor then, really. Going to college isn't a job, is it? So, well, look, this is all off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. Um, and and I have to say that I think the story is sort of at its least interesting in these, in these. Well, they're not ventilation shafts, are they? They're massive, whatever they are. This infrastructure. Um, but I remember not not minding at the time because just, just Jamie being there was exciting enough. He was a link to the past. And I remember feeling so lucky that we got Fraser Hines because he's only in the five doctors for, for a moment. And it was like, oh, well, now now they've they've actually they've they've got him. Um, uh, and. I have to say, Fraser throws himself into any Doctor Who uh, event with gusto and I, I and I think there's lots of lovely little moments he has in this story and look at that it's coming out again I think that is a lovely lovely and oh and it pulls at his skin I think those uh little sticky injection things are absolutely fabulous um they might actually go on my list of things that are the best things about the story um and that's not because I'm damning with faint praise because there's lots I like about this um she looks like she's wearing psychedelic tinfoil does uh, poor old Perry uh, it's a good job they're not going somewhere really hot where she can bake uh, Oscar and Anita uh, I, I, I do like Oscar and James Saxon I, I don't think there are enough out of work actors in Doctor Who well there's lots of out of work actors in Doctor Who but uh, obviously they're not out of work when they're in Doctor Who but I, 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 I think, I, I think I mentioned last time, Oscar is like you hope actors are, but actually most actors aren't. Um, you know, act, I used to think that the profession was, you know, had, had, you, you know, it's always, it, it's always describes people being, you know, having, having particular um, uh, uh, propensity for squabbling or. Um, vanity and all of the and 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 backstabbing and all of those things and it's you know it's only when my mum came home from working in a staff room or my sister you know worked for a charity and you actually discover those sorts of characters are are, are in every single workplace um it's just that uh, people are interested in what actors do so they they hear about it more so i think actors get a, an, an unfairly bad reputation um i like the company of actors it's one of the things that made me want to be an actor not so much the work as the as the company uh, whiling away the hours, drinking and smoking, neither of things I'm allowed to do anymore. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, you, you actually realise that, uh, as I say, that uh, that that, that uh, actors are no different to to, to, to anybody else. Um, perhaps, perhaps they just know they just know a few more stories about uh, backstage shenanigans or or. Or, or, or programs that you like so that's why I like them because I like what they're talking about um, 
but I felt it was a really curious thing that 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 sort of happy, sad, melancholy, not nostalgia frisson that I got from just from a song that reminded me of the and I could feel the warmth we had a kitchen with an arga so I stayed in the kitchen because that was the warmest part of this old cold house we lived in and I can the, the cassette tape on the on the on the tape deck that I had that had been, that had been my birthday present um, and I haven't listened to that music for ages and I suppose I don't get it quite the same with Doctor Who because I watching this now all I can remember watching my my bootleg VHS, because I took all my videos with me to university. I had a trunk with all my Doctor Who's on. So I, you know, I kept watching this. You know, I don't necessarily associate this with a particular time when it was first on. Although I can, as I say, I can remember watching it in the sitting room at my house when I was a kid. And actually, my mum broke a cardinal rule. I was... A, 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 I was always allowed to watch Doctor Who. That was that was sort of taken as read. Doctor Who is my thing. But I'm she must have been in a bad mood with me or something because and I think it might have been this episode. It's when Patrick Troughton's being uh uh interrogated by Stike. I think she came in and told me I had to move my shoes from the hall and it was like, Well, c- can I not just wait till Doctor Who's finished? No, you have to do it now. So I actually missed a tiny bit of the episode because I had to do a thing that she was annoyed about. And I remember thinking that was unusual because actually, um, Watching Doctor Who was, you, you know, was the, was the one thing that I was sort of allowed to do. Uh, this is, oh, Colin has a speech. Uh, I think they, uh, I think they should have given Colin a few more speeches. He's very good at this, uh, whim, whimsical's wrong, melancholy, whimsicolly, <laughs> uh, sort of monologues, uh, that he does very well, um, and he's very good at the action too, and, and, and keeping the pacing up, and the, the sort of peeved panic that he does. Um, ah, now he's seeing everybody. It's a trap. It's not true. All the deaths were faked. Um, but that's a quite a nice little. Uh, that's quite a nice little um, plot sleight of hand, uh, or or that gives the doctor the clue to the next bit. Um, no, he's not Jamie McCrimmon. <laughs> yes, he is. Lovely. And I like the fact because I think I'm sure Colin and Fraser get on because they, they're, they're. I would say they're actors cut from a similar cloth, um, uh, and I, and so I think they bounce off each other rather nicely, uh, which I like because I like the idea that a a modern doctor likes an old companion and that that affection still lingers in future future generations I think that's very important I remember getting very cross with Peter Davison at the end of the five doctors saying I'm certainly not the man I was thank goodness going how dare you how dare you be rude about the past well, it's, it's, the past is so I, I, I've got, I got a message from a Doctor Who fan a young Doctor Who fan um, I talked to on Facebook he's been to see my show and things and he was talking about he still held he still holds sort of upset at, at, at the people who bullied him at the, in the past for liking Doctor Who because it's an easy uh, an easy target, isn't it? Um, especially when nobody's watching it. <laughs> A plot. <laughs> well done, Fraser. That's very funny. <laughs> He's. I love the little touches that, that Fraser Hines gives to Jamie. I'm sort of going, it's a bit thick, but... He, <laughs> It's delightful, uh, and he, and he judges it perfectly. I think it's pitched perfectly. 
um and and this this young this young friend of mine is still so upset about you know the, the un- injustice of people using his doctor who fandom to bully him and i see people online sort of you know bullying people or, or being mean about people for the way that they like doctor who whether it's a whether it's a modern fan who gets a bit carried away about the particular things that have upset them which modern fans seem to do and that's fine that's fine i think being sensitive there's nothing wrong with being sensitive um and I think it all comes from, uh, I think it slightly overcompensates, but it all comes from a desire for the world to be a better place. Um, but but my main sort of thing is, why do you care what anybody thinks about what you think about Doctor Who? Um, and for my young friend, it was, was because he was still sort of holding on to what people did in the past and the injustice. Well, the injustice only exists if you give it power. Uh, and those people that were bullying him have probably forgotten. Um, so the past... So it's interesting because because this because Patrick Troughton here he is was in it was somehow better a better version of one Doctor because it had got an old thing in it. Well, that's fruitless as well to try and to try and recapture the past and say well if only we could get back to there. And and it, it blinded me to what was what was great about this. Oh man, I still liked Colin Baker, but it, it was somehow it was some this was somehow given more gloss because it was from the old days which I hadn't seen, so I didn't even know. Uh, that they were better, but because I couldn't see them, that and because they weren't associated with me and my time, and that's that's dangerous folly. But we do that, don't we? We look back to a, a golden age politically, anything, um, and I I think that's I think that's very very foolish, and and also you know bad things from the past are only given power if you let them affect you, uh, and certainly what other people think of Doctor Who, I don't care. No offence, but I don't care what you think about Doctor Who. Uh, we can have a lovely chat about it, of course, but I don't. Uh, but um, I'm perfectly secure in my love for Doctor Who and what I love about it. It's fine. Uh, and the things I don't love about it, I don't. I don't mind because they're part of a greater whole. Do like this music. Uh, I, I don't think I can vote for the music because I've because I think that was all part of the package of what I liked about the last one. Um, I don't, however, like the Sontaran costumes. Uh, Links had tight-fitting leather. Look at this. I mean, I know it's not tinsley, but it looks it looks like it's slightly. It's not shiny in the way that leather is shiny. Like Links's leather is shiny. It's it's slightly more showbiz shiny. It's slightly more like it could be on the catwalk with catwalk with in a light end show with with Colin Baker's uh, costume. It's it's. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm glad. It's, I'm almost glad the Sontarans never appeared in Doctor Who again uh, in the classic series because they get gradually worse uh, as they appear and taller. Clinton Grain's about to come uh, as Stike, and he's a giant, nasty, brutish, and short. They're supposed to be, and I think they they recapture the shortness in the modern series very well. So presumably, if they'd appeared again, they'd have had even worse masks, really, really rattly uh, neck armor. Uh, and they'd be played by Andre the Giant and Jacob Rees-Mogg. Oh, oh, he would, oh my God. Um, oh, he'd, be, he'd be very good as one of the gentlemen in uh, Buffy, wouldn't he? Um, I do like these characters. I think the dynamic between Dastari, the the scientist, um, Jacqueline Pierce, who I I sort of took for granted because she was Servalan, and I and it's 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 only sort of considering her and watching her performance now and I think the last time I watched it I remember going oh she's 
she's actually really good. And and if you take away from the fact that she's Serverland, so so this performance was quite familiar to me because just because of her vocal patterns and her poise and and that sort of that longing that forlorn sensual longing that she puts into everything um you sort of go oh well i've seen this because i've seen serverland but actually within within the confines of this being in a doctor who i think she's gives an excellent performance uh john stratton good for you go with gusto chewing i think damsons out of the neck of a rat uh and i love the way he does the sort of ah, ah, the sort of shit he really is and there's the slight limp that he's gotten he's he's just a horrible horrible thing isn't he but i i buy him to in the way that he's sort of caressing the 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 body and nah, nah. uh and and can you oh can you see the lump in his chest there that's his i think that's his is it benson hedges or marlborough i can't remember what he spoke but that's his fags and his lighter uh that he would never have too far yeah i love the way he spits there but yeah he was uh uh, he was a chain smoker, I believe. I mean, God, he was only sixty-five when he died. That's, uh, uh, but he, but yeah, he wouldn't be too far away from his cigarettes. So that's why he's got stuffed down the front of his shirt. I love him. I was, I wrote to him, but I wrote to him care of his agent, and I don't know if it was ever ever passed on. But I never heard back because, uh, yes, he was Captain Potter in Quatermass in the Pit, the romantic lead, the young hero. And here he is as a. <laughs> So what, Quatermass of the Pit was 58, 59, 69, 79. So it's, tw- yeah, 25, 26 years later. Um, but it seemed like, I mean, that the gulf between those two things seemed extraordinary. Quatermass of the Pit was the hallowed days of black and white, unreachable, you know, uh, fusty, ancient. And this was, you know, modern, colourful doctor. This, this is probably 85, 95, 2005. This is further away now than Quatermass and the Pit was when this was on. Oh my goodness, that makes me feel ancient. Um, this can't be as old as Quatermass and the Pit. Oh God! I mean, it was like honestly, like another world that was that was only inhabited by ghosts. And it was really weird because my assumption when I was writing to Quatermass people that was most people were dead. Um, because the leads were and everything like that, so you assumed. And, and John Stratton was one of the few alive, actually. Well, at the time I was writing to people in the late 80s, loads of people were still alive from Quatermass of the Pit, and I now wish I'd written to all of them. Uh, um, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of uh, encountering a few, but antediluvian fogey, that's a nice line. Antediluvian is good. But I don't like this bit at all. Sorry, if anything happens to myself, I do wish you'd stop mixing personal pronouns, says Perry, as if that's something he's been doing all of the time. It's a really bad sort of sitcom line that Nicola Bryant does her best with, but it's I, I, I would have uh, I'd have lost that in the edit myself. It, it, the actors do their best, but it's it's not a good piece of writing. Um, so I know I'm supposed to accentuate the positive and I do like the majority of this, but uh, I don't like that bit. One of the animode group, yes, I like the way that Patrick Troughton does that. He's just recovering, and oh, Lawrence Payne has such dignity, doesn't he? Um, and here we have what's what's John Stratton eating now? Oh, he's got a big bone. <laughs> he's having a whale of a time, and I adore him. Uh, oh, I wish I'd had the pleasure. Um, uh, I, I asked Colin about him, and Colin said that he was a nice man. Uh, who was really happy to be in Doctor Who, so that's nice. 
and Colin was a big fan of Colin Baker was a big fan of Quatermass in the Pit when he was a kid. Um, uh, this so this is Clinton Grain as Field Major Stike, who uh, Field Marshal Stike, um, who I think is excellent. Now I used to hate the mouse. There's a poster of Stike in one of the Doc Two magazines, and and it sort of it seemed to me to emphasise how he's slightly lopsided and how his mouth is a is is a inflexible thing but actually again the last time i watched this even though the lips don't move in the way that kevin Lindsay's lips move so brilliantly as links and there it seems to be part of the same face i actually think the lips aren't bad even though the lips of the mask don't move at all and it's the made-up lips underneath i i, I had ex been expecting to 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 not think they were any good but actually it's a it's a good melding and i think you get a great performance from clinton grain's eyes but i do think the mask isn't as flexible or as good or as organic as that original links now i know um i'm comparing it to one of the best doctor who mask slash makeup slash costumes ever which i think links is but it does seem a bit mad that these things went downhill you know that what 13 years later they can't do it as well as they as they once did and it's yeah and it's just the loose, the loose fitting of the costume. What, that, that again, that links is so compact and so he he looks like a, a military unit. They they you know that yeah the fact that the costume is a bit rumpled it just just seems wrong. Um, I mean I I find it amusing now that every monster costume has to be this sort of ribbed uh, latex where you can you know you, the, the costume itself has ribs uh, and, and 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 they're of a particular type which i'm sure will date in 20 years time but at least they fit do you know what i mean <laughs> at least they they and i think in clinging and being tight they compact they they do the job they are supposed to be doing uh oh and, and and isn't this isn't this one of the false cliffhangers i th Oh, does he say surely you are joshing us, officer, as well? I like joshing. Uh, now, I've got a feeling this is the cliffhanger. When she says, of course, this way, I think that's the false cliffhanger uh, in the American version when they split the episode in half. Um, I'm sure in Doctor Magazine, it says, you know, if, if, yes, um, uh, the Doctor asks if they could show them, and Anita says, yes, it's this way. And you go, that's because it's 25 minutes in or whatever, 22 and a half minutes in. <laughs> Oh, I bet they. I bet you were glued to your seats, America. Shepton mallet throughout the ball. Bandanek yeah, gun was it? No. Oh no, it was it was uh, Sylvia Coleridge, wasn't it? It was uh, uh, Amelia Ducat manned an Akak gun at Folkestone. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, Shepton mallet. It's just the the sound. Shepton mallet sounds so. Uh, sort of beautifully parochial it is sometimes giving a british place name can have a certain sort of tawdry charm shepton mallet uh, i've never been no no offend no apologies to anybody from shepton mallet but the, there's a brilliant bit in the office where uh where uh, ricky gervais's david brent is talking about places and he, he and that's said in slough which in, in itself has an onomatopoeic sort of t dowdiness about it but uh, he talks about winnersh it's the way that he pronounces it as well. It's great how just a place name uh, c c with a certain emphasis can be so f so funny and evocative. And actually, of course, the meaning of lift, Douglas Adam and John Lloyd's book, where they they take place names 
and 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 describe meanings uh, for things that we don't have words for uh, is a genius idea and I think one of the best books ever read and very very funny if you've never read The Meaning of Lif uh, it's got a Doc 2 link because it's Douglas Adams you will not go wrong enjoying that um, I, I, I like this Patrick Troughton does so well he spends the whole episode uh, tied up um, uh, Troughton's very good at being truthful and and funny but he's driving the drama as well uh all whilst tied up uh, or or strapped down and I, I he's got he's very simon cowell in the trouser department isn't he they're going right up to his his midriff uh, i do and i do like uh, robert holmes's dialogue although as i say i can sort of understand people that have have problems with this pan to vegetarianism which also indulges in the most uh, grotesque imagery and uh, uh, dialogue and, and incidents that it possibly can uh, it and, and I'm troubled by Dastari. I think I think Lawrence Payne does it very well but uh, you know he's 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 a sort of conscious stricken scientist unless he wants to it'll hurt me more than it hurts you what gives you that idea so unless he wants to give a witty response uh, oh. oh crumbs <laughs> I like oh crumbs uh, <laughs> I think I think that might have been the bit that I missed because uh, I think did my sister tell me he said oh crumbs and I was sad to have missed it anyway so I missed yeah I missed a little bit of this uh, until I could see it many many years later because I'd left my shoes in the hall god it's horrible being a kid isn't it how old was I when this was on 11 Oh, uh, and I was only at home one day. I was only at home for Saturday nights, so it was my island. I thought maybe I deserved a break to just just be allowed to be be me. Anyway, oh, oh, the past. It's another country. I know they say that, but it's another country with where where there are, with with lots of ditches and <laughs> lots of. Uh, terrifying encounters uh lots of bits you never understand anyway oh i'm i'm obsessed with the, the the power of the past but it's a power that we give it isn't it and yet i find solace in this stuff as well because it anchors us um you know i love the fact that this still exists from my childhood and it's a reminder of uh of this was the thing that I looked forward to. This was the highlight of my week. I was, <laughs> I was, I was bereft when Doctor Who wasn't on. I was excited about Doctor Who when it was coming on, and I still have that as an adult looking forward to Doctor Who when it's, it's on. But uh, and the fact that it was new Doctor Who and it was, you know, and I we knew nothing. I mean, as I said, I'd had the little preview in Doctor Who magazine telling us that it was. It was going to be three episodes, but that was it. I didn't even know the Sontarans were going to be in it. Uh, well done, Clinton Grain. You're scratching your face. It's a little actor's trick there for somebody working inside a mask that goes, well, uh, you know, you, a lesser actor would not think to do that because he's in a mask. He's going, no, this isn't a mask. This is my face, even though uh, it's got kinks in places uh, and... Uh, uh, and... and uh, 
it sort of looks like somebody's sucked the air out from underneath so it's sort of started, I don't, yeah the, the cheek cheek bits um but he's a, he's an impressive size clinton gray he's very tall he was a very uh, magnificent fellow he was a wonderful um arch- architect he I, I went to his his flat which he'd done himself and it had gorgeous sort of limestone interiors on the uh, or sandstone on the way up to the up the stairs which was sort of stone stairs in london um and then this gorgeous flat which had loads of sort of glass and white surfaces and he had a very beautiful wife uh uh and they they were just classy people give me a lovely cup of coffee uh in his uh, i like the way he slaps him here it really works but he's 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 trying to he's trying to uh, trick the Sontar, and it's great. And I love the idea of this diminutive pixie-like doctor challenging this tall, imposing, uh, you know, uh, as he sees an honourable soldier, field marshal type. Um, you can see a bit of hair sticking up there, but I don't think you see enough of their beards. And actually, I, as I say, I find the the beard of Lynx much better because it's a it's like a wiry. Uh, uh, sharp thing whereas that seems sort of wispy hair uh great eye acting brilliant eye acting here from clinton grain he really bursts out of the oh i like the eyebrows but the the beard i uh, you don't you don't really get enough of it but i as i say i like the the really sharp uh sharp spikes that uh lynx has as a beard but uh, that's all the doctor trying to trying to do well he doesn't know he doesn't know if it will work even if it does work which it doesn't but you know in challenging to a duel that would at least get him free from his bonds and then he could come up with another plan i like that that's the doctor you know pit pit pitting himself pitching and pitching in to do a plan that he doesn't know what the end game of the plan is but at least it will get him beyond where he is now uh and and i just love yeah love the idea of the the the, the little doctor um, uh, going, I'm challenging you to a duel. It's just a ridiculous thing to do, but, you know, sensible under the circumstances, but a lovely juxtaposition between those two characters. But yeah, Cl- Clinton Grain, uh, I thought was a, was a, was a man of great uh, style. Uh, and he was tall and white haired and very strong. Uh, and he died quite suddenly because I know he was going to do a signing for Phantom and season 18 box set was coming out and uh, and uh, Jane, his wife, had to phone him and say, oh, sorry, he's, he's died. So must have been very sudden and I liked him. Um, uh, and yeah, he was, I think he was a member of the Society for Architects and I can see why because he bought, he'd lived next door, I think, and then he'd bought the flat next door that had been there'd been something about it hadn't been able to buy it was being eyed for redevelopment or something and he finally got his hands on it and as i say did this beautiful job on it beautiful place um so what do we think of them being in spain i think it does give it a nice different hue as i say it wasn't great massive news to me but i'm 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 not i'm i'm not greatly geographical um but uh you know it does make a change from a, a a gravel pit i suppose but uh but also, it's, I suppose it's slightly tainted because you know that John Nathan Turner was probably enjoying a jolly. Um, and then there is something fun, isn't there, about two two extraterrestrial, extravagant extraterrestrials sitting in a kitchen going through recipe books. Um, uh, and I, I do actually like, you know, the idea that we suddenly become the prey. We become the... Uh, 
the the food stuff because that does shine a light on the way that we treat animals you know we are, that's because all we are is animals with ideas above our station so suddenly if we are game uh, as it were or even worse uh, we're uh, um, you know live livestock at least game lives in the wild but if we're livestock uh, uh, for these alien creatures uh, oh this is a nice touch I think does she does she put this in his mouth now I'd always thought it was a fruity thing or a plum or something but it's not it's a piece of beetroot isn't it which uh, which is different because he's actually eating it you know he's giving the impression he's eating a lovely piece of fruit but of course beetroot would take completely different I love you John Stratton I've always liked his performance I'm enjoying it even more now than I ever have before this is the great thing about coming back to Doctor Who bit suddenly you'll you'll be watching it and you go oh that bit I'm suddenly I'm, I'm watching it for this bit now and sometimes I've watched who's and, and things i've really liked haven't quite worked for me that time around and then then and i've gone oh i thought that was i thought that person was better i thought that that monster was better or that shit was better and then the next time i watch it i'll go oh yeah i remember when i last watched this i didn't like that performance as much oh no actually it's a really good performance and i think i was a bit like that with the uh, with the sontaran masks going oh, i'm expecting not to like them but actually uh you know clinton grade's mask is it, it works i still maintain that they're that they're they're not as good as previous. Well, the invasion of time ones, but I mean, he doesn't even have the same mask, well, the same makeup between studios. Um, but we'll do that when we do the invasion of time. Um, uh, and the Sontaran experiment one had to be slightly compromised because Kevin Lindsay had been had been poorly, and it's still a decent mask, and it ties in with a golem idea. Um, although that's actually in the novel, doesn't matter. Um, what do we think of? Why am I talking to you? You're not. You're not going to be able to answer. Of Colin, it's Colin Baker's uh, uh, waistcoat. Um, I do like the the shirt with the with the with the checked lining, um, but no, it's still a bit. The, tr- the trousers, are, the trousers are still a bit much. They're quite high as well. Why has everybody got high trousers in this? That's the problem with braces. You see, I like braces. They're 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 quite fun, but they do they do pull your trousers up a bit much. Um, so yes, so they're in. Oh, so right, poor old poor old Perry has to <laughs> go and put herself in the firing line. They've, it's it's funny because if this was modern Doctor Who, they I mean they'd be almost crying now, going, uh, "You're like nobody I've ever met before." But can you go? But we've both got to go and put ourselves in mortal danger, and they and they would make it like they were never going to see each other again. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas here, it's just like you go and do that, uh, I'll go and do this. This is the order of the day. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but uh, and I love poor old Oscar <laughs> being left there. You're just an out of work actor, mate. You're useless. Um, uh, oh, and he's, uh, and he's, he's, uh, Shokai is tarting himself up, uh, for a night on the town. I love that idea. Oh, we've got him and Troughton going to, to, going to the restaurant in the next episode, uh, which I'm sure I'm going to thoroughly enjoy. Um, I wasn't wild about the Andragum sort of makeup, uh, at the, at the time. Uh, I think it's cause it's, cause of its colouring. I think, I, and, 
it seemed a bit like because I think because Russ Abbott was doing the, his Scottish character, you could do that in comedy those days. It was just like, what's your character? It's a nationality. Um, is see you, Jimmy? I, I think anything sort of red eyebrowed. It was like you're doing a comical Scotsman, uh, and uh, even <laughs> so, I think I, I, I think I slightly uh, rejected her, uh-huh, considering what the plot is going to be. The uh, I, I wasn't as fond of the the whole Andrigum thing. Uh, then as now, I was much more interested in, you know, the Sontarans and the uh, and the Time Lords and all of that. Yeah, it's the sucked in cheeks. I think look a bit. There's nothing wrong with that as a concept. It's just the proportions are a bit, a bit odd. Or maybe I just maybe it's just taste. Maybe I just don't. Yeah. But looking at them now, they're not as. Again, the the beard should be spikier. Bristles. That's the word I was looking for. Bristles rather than fur. Fucking fuck. He does it all so well, uh, Troughton. And I think that was the other thing. I didn't want to see Troughton being an Androgon because I wanted to see Troughton being the second Doctor, who I love. Um, And if I was, you know, that would be a bit like watching an old Doctor Who if he's being the old Doctor Who, not if he's being an Androgon. I mean, it it works having Clinton Green being very tall, in terms of the dynamic of this story, I love the little uh, the little mini chainsaw that he's got. That's a that's a lovely little visual effects prop. Visual effects doing very well. That and the uh, the, the 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 sticky uh, the sticky pin things. Uh, and this <laughs> I I do like this little bit of business where uh, Anita gives the Doctor a kiss and then <laughs> Fraser. Sorry, Jamie. Oh, the line is very blurred. He wants a kiss and he doesn't get one. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and of course, in real life, if Jamie was a, a young Jacobite. He'd have, he'd have been, a, he'd have been a, probably quite unreconstructed in his attitude towards young ladies. But uh, I love what, what Fraser brings to it. The sort of the innocence and the stupidity is too harsh. The, 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 the game simplicity, shall we say. Oh, even the way he sort of stands and leans in and strokes his neck. <laughs> he's perfect, John Stratton. He's perfect. If I could choose him again, I would. He's like a piratical... Yeah, he's a piratical chef. <laughs> but he's he's really... He buys into the whole sort of sensual thing of it. Um, and, and Jacqueline Pierce is good because she's got to convince you that she's got this sort of augmentation thing going on, but that also she has... Then we can cook her. <laughs> that she's got the sort of vestiges of that savagery within her that she's fighting against. And her skill is very much that sort of, as I said before, I think sensual longing that, uh, you know, that uh, Serverland kind of had. She, she always got the impression that she was crying that she couldn't screw somebody who was now dead <laughs> it's that in space that was it was sort of yes it was uh yes it was sort of um thwarted science fiction sensuality um all and, and none of this I, I, it's all wonderful um the emotion that she brings to it i think is great i think serverland is superb um 
And again, I've thought I've thought that more as I've got older. I I, I remember watching Blake Seven originally. I I didn't I didn't quite get some. I knew she was the baddie, um, and I didn't like her. But of course, I didn't like her because she was the baddie. But I actually, uh, you know, on, on subsequent revisits to oh, um, Dastari Lawrence Payne crashes into the the the, the mobile chair there. <laughs> I, I love his disgust at. Uh, <laughs> shock eye um but but on subsequently re subsequent re watches of blake seven i've 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 really admired what jacqueline pierce uh brings to uh serverland uh it's it's a it's a truly great performance and as i say i had the uh, did i say last time i had the i had the pleasure of working with her on a big finish but I, I she she did sort of float in rather and it, it, it was when somebody asked her a question she sort of answered it as if she wasn't there um perfect you know perfectly nice but i thought slightly on a different plane um and have, have you heard the commentary for this she just spends the whole thing going who oh, did i darling i don't remember i seem to recall seem to recall that, that that there's not a massive amount of insight but an awful lot of um charming vagary uh, I like that chair actually. That's a wonderful contraption, isn't it? The it's like a rocking chair on wheels. I love that. Um, madam, ah, oh, in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, it's glorious. Uh, that really. I mean, that's a really shiny, bako foil top, isn't it? It's like it's. It's like kaleidoscopic bako foil. Um, oh no! What's and what's he got in his hat? Has he got sort of fishing, fishing flies in his hat? It's great. It's great. Loving it. Oh yeah, she gives a great sense. Yes, yes, and the little hand movement. Oh boy, she's good. I love those two for different. They complement each other very well. But you get you get a shared of sense, sense, uh, 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 shared history. Um, Oh, and I love this bit. It's when because Stike, Stike grabs Jamie, doesn't he? I I love the confrontation. That might I don't think that's till next week, uh, but I remember loving that bit. Um, uh, I I do think Clinton Clinton Grain is greater Stike, even though he's too tall and has too many fingers. Does he have too many fingers? I think he does. How many fingers do the Sontarans have? I seem to recall they get more fingers as they go along as well. Um, Again, it always seems a bit weird when we go, we've got these aliens and they have these specific things that are different about them. Yeah, well, let's get rid of those and make them a bit more the same. How many fingers have they got? Oh, no. Oh, no, they've got three fingers. Good. Good. Um, is it that they don't have three fingers now? Can't remember. Um, don't give it the power it doesn't have, Toby. Uh, so this is nice. This is uh, making use of the location and poor old Perry... Oh gosh, it's not long of a chase. I, it's not, I think I'd imagine maybe it was a bit like the caves of Androzani, where they seem to run around forever. She didn't get far. That's a terrific shot. Uh, what a ah uh, oh, yes, and and that's of course far longer than you would do that for. But he uh, he sustains it with his sort of slight wobbly. It's almost like DTs. It's almost like it's always like sort of he's got his his, his his nerves are slightly shot you get the impression that that he's he's drunk a lot <laughs> shock eye he's pickled uh he sort of drink probably drinks alcoholic vinegar um 
Well, I enjoyed that after I think a quite a slow starter. I think you're dying for it to get off the space station, and it and it and it takes a while. Interesting that that the first episode you spend a lot of time with Patrick Trout and going, "Where's where's Colin Baker? It's his show," and then you're spending a lot of time with Colin Baker at the beginning of this one, going, "Yeah, but actually, where Patrick Trout is is where it's more interesting." So I I can see it sort of, you know, it didn't need to be uh, the three episodes, but of course because it's. I guess because it's the one in Spain and because it's the one with Patrick Trout and you want as as, as long with those things as possible. Um, ah, Tony Burrow, um, Oscar-winning designer, Oscar-nominated designer. Have I talked about him? Uh, maybe, well, maybe I'll talk about him next week. It's, that's the problem when, when, as I say, I recorded episode one, uh, uh, part one, as the uh, DVD menu reminds me. Uh, quite some time ago so uh i enjoyed that what uh matt's oh i've got to choose my favorite things uh my favorite things about that episode well i think there's lots of i do think there's lots of nice little props and as as matt chose the the manipulation of the gumball jack and the little bits of business that the actor did i'm not sure he won't be averse to picking on the the just the tiny little bits of attention to detail i love the little things that go into fraser Hines's neck and stick and then uh, and it's you know you know the trick of when the needle goes in but actually when he pulled it out it's like the needle retracted as well and there's a lot of little mechanisms you have to do to make that work and the stick as well and it pulled at his his neck i thought that was a lovely tiny little bit of detail uh, i like the little uh the the mini chainsaw because it got a little uh, it looked like a sort of half gun bit, you know, the breathing apparatus that the half have a sort of spirit level thing attached to it, and 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 the the wheelchair rocking chair business, the uh, sort of old fashioned wooden wheelchair. I like it. so. Then yeah, little bits of little bits of propage uh, I liked very much. So should we call that visual effects set decoration? Uh, those bits uh, I liked those. Uh, and what else do I? Is it Jamie's kiss? Uh, I think it's got to be the confrontation between Stike and the Doctor because you've got a lot going on there. You've got Clinton Grain doing some great work, scratching his face, the eye acting that he does. You know, he's behind a mask, but he really, he's really selling it, and he he seems to know where the camera is and and how to get get the best out of his his performance, depending on where he's being shot from, which is not to be underestimated. And Troughton, Troughton's gambit is great. Uh, I'm the doctor. I'm going to do this. This isn't the best plan in the world, but it's the only one I've got. And I'm not quite sure even what it is, but I know I've got to get him to accept my challenge for a duel, which he doesn't do. Um, and and he does that wonderful, oh, well, that didn't work, did it? And also he says, oh, crumbs, not in that bit. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Troughton and Stike, Doctor and Stike and uh, a little visual effects, props, set decoration. What has Matt chosen? So episode two then, um, again, lots to pick, really tricky to pick it down to two things, but love John Stratton as Shock Eye. Uh, I bet he had immense fun playing that. And again, a bit of actor's business, this time with a rat, only he doesn't throw his prey back into the water uh, this time. And um, Patrick Troughton as a second doctor, obviously blissful, blissful to see him back in the role. I love the fact that he was okay with his doctor being weak, scared, etc. And oh my goodness, oh my giddy aunt, oh crumbs, that sort of stuff. Wonderful. 
Ah, now, do you know what? I feel I get both of those because because where I'm at a disadvantage, where if somebody chooses something before me, so if, if like it happened with Fuchsia in the Seeds of Death some time ago, somebody chooses something before me, I then can't choose it afterwards. But if I choose something in episode one that somebody then subsequently chooses, that's points for me that I've got in the bag. So I chose John Stratton last time, so I get a point for that. And I think... You know, I think it would have been straightforward to have gone and Patrick Troughton, but I, you know, I picked out the O crumbs and the confrontation. I think I'm allowed both of those points. I think I, I stand so little chance of ever winning. Uh, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to. I'm not going to penalise myself for not getting uh, exactly when actually we were we were celebrating the same things. Even though I, you know, specify, uh, I, you know, I, I honed in on the scene between. Uh, him and Stike, but it was partially because of the oh crumbsies and and the fact that he was doing such a good job whilst being vulnerable that that Matt alluded to, um, and, and and because I think we were, yeah, we were we were coming from the same same place, and I try not to choose a character or an actor because I think that's so obvious uh, for me to do it. It would be really boring because I would just go Patrick Troughton, John Stratton, Jacqueline Pierce, Lawrence Bain, James Saxon. Do you know what I mean? I could have chosen any of those things. So I, I tried to go off piste for me and actually choose a scene. Uh, uh, but, but you know, one of the, ma- the main reasons was Troughton. So I look, write in if you like, write to the producer here. He won't fire me because he's me. Uh, write to the exec. Um, he won't fire me because it's me. Write to the presenter. It's me. I've, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of this place. Who's that? It's Peter Miles in Doctor and the Silurians. Oh, nobody said Somebody has chosen that to do but hasn't sent the video. That is the bit I'm going to choose for that. It's Dr. Lawrence's uh, uh, death scene in... Uh, in uh, it, is, is it episode seven? I think it is. He dies in the last episode. Uh, uh, which is just magnificent um or is it episode six does he yeah no i'm sure it's i'm sure it's the last episode it's uh, i'm in charge of this are you going why am i talking about doctor and the silurians oh because you know uh, i can love peter miles and dr lawrence right now um that's a great story stop talking about a different doctor who story um i like doctor who I like this episode is the first episode of the happy times and places I have recorded since the news that Russell T Davis is coming back to Doctor Who. Uh, And so I'm buoyant uh, because actually through doing these, um, I've had the chance to see. And and during lockdown with the tweet alongs and stuff, I, I went back to a lot of Russell T Davis era Doctor Who that I hadn't watched for a, for a good long time. And, and again, it was a looking at the past. I was going, I used to get so cross about little bits of here and what I might think people would think of that. I loved I loved it. I loved it. But I used to get so furious about things that worried me or disappointed me. And a lot of things that worried me, I look back on now and go, why did I worry about that? The, uh, uh, why? Madness. Because uh, everything was so perilous. I think the idea that Doctor Who could be cancelled any minute. And because, of course, when this was on, when the two Doctors was on, was pretty much when they announced that Doctor Who, the hiatus was going to happen, and Doctor Who was violent and unimaginative. And there's a lot of violence here. Um, so yeah, was it during the, was it during the broadcast of the two Doctors it was announced? I think it may well have been. I will have to check and come back to you next week if I remember. Um, you'll know anyway. You'll look it up, uh, and I'll look it up and check. And, and remind myself and then I might not remember to tell you well I can't do everything um, but it was certainly around this time 
that Doctor Who uh, was, you know, so suddenly the thing that had been a constant, as I say, in a in a in an emotionally peripatetic uh, childhood where Saturday night was the anchor and the only certainty, and the only thing that was mine, uh, apart from during this episode when I had to move my shoes. Which, st- which was obviously such a moment that it, I-, I can still remember it and it looms large and I still still slightly resent it. But as I said to that young fan, you know, d- don't don't bring your resentments with you. That's what gives them power. But isn't that... Uh, but looking at the past, looking at Russell's Doctor Who, Russell T. Davis's Doctor Who, which is so brilliant, reminding myself how brilliant it was uh, and how lucky we were and I think, I, and I say, oh, we didn't appreciate it. We did, because I love, I loved, and I looked forward to Doctor Who every week uh, when, when it came back. It was a thrill. It was like being a kid again. So that's where the nostalgia is helpful, like being a kid again. I didn't mean to use that phrase, but, and that, that brings with it, and I was, as I say, childhood can be scary and frightening. And I, look, I looked at a kid in the park today looking for conkers and, uh, and he was so sort of gleeful, but I also thought so vulnerable because those are the times when you're bullied as well. So, so you you can be gleeful about a conquer, but then crying because somebody said something cruel or unkind. So I think it's yeah, the, that's why childhood is such a draw, isn't it? It's because when we were perhaps slightly more in touch with our emotions, um, which is why you think of it as being oh, I'm an excited child, but also that emotional response to. Fleetwood Mac of I, I I did I found myself close to tears really weirdly because it it, it reminded me of a, also a time when you know emotions were perhaps rawer but is that is that a better way to be than being sort of having your edges dulled by life and mortgages and having to uh, you know worrying about shoes being in the hall or you know what I've been doing today it's a Sunday I've been tidying the house because that's what grown-ups do I've put bleach around the toilet and thought yeah Toby you're a grown-up that's what grown-ups do that's what they do that grown-ups that's, yeah yeah you shouldn't still be getting that through. that's it at 47 going yeah I'm a grown-up because I, I put bleach around the rim of the toilet because I don't live with my mother anymore um so what am I talking about I don't know the past never mind Spain being another kind the past uh yeah so I was, maybe I was wrong about saying to that that young lad. Well, no, I wasn't. The past is very, very powerful, but I guess you have to decide what you want to draw from it. And if you if you draw the things, and it wasn't an unhappiness when Fleetwood Mac made me cry. It was it was just a, a sort of profundity of the fact that we can still touch touch ourselves through time, if you like. Uh, I'm worried I'm sounding pretentious now. But I did. It was quite a moment. And I think that's part of the appeal of Doctor Who is because it keeps us in touch with our childhood. But what's interesting about Russell coming back, which has got nothing to do with the two Doctors, um, is that I wasn't a kid when Doctor Who came back. And yet I still had that excitement. And and Doctor Who still did. That's what surprised me when Doctor Who came back. It still did what it had done to me when the two Doctors was on. And this week, I think, has reminded me that it can still do it again. And it's always done it. Uh, good old Doctor Who. Um, so that was uh, that was a bit tonally all over the place, wasn't it? I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think I got a bit pretentious. Uh, certainly uh, lots of uh, unnecessarily rambling. 
but enough about the episode. <laughs> the commentary was pretty much the same as well. But look, it is what it is. It's a man watching Doctor Who and saying what comes into his mind. And for better or worse, that man is me. Uh, there were two Doctors, so just be grateful there was only one of me uh, watching part two of the two Doctors or the episode where I had to move my shoes. Um, and I got two points. Uh, so thanks very much for uh, joining me for a happy time and a happy place. Uh, and uh, let's do this all again in the next episode of The Two Doctors. But for now, you fine fleshy beasts, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, presented by me, Toby Haydoke, with my special guest, Matt Hayden, who is on Twitter at MattHayden65. Thanks to the patrons who support these podcasts, who include David, who I think wants to remain anonymous other than the Christian name, Jenny at Bluebox99, Paul Callington, Paul Cook, Peter Crocker, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Chris Bone, Jason Gorman, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay, Barry Platt, Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Sebastian April, Tilt Ariza, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Lung Baramus Banks, James Blackett, Robin Bland, Kyle Bores, David Brody, Nigel Bromley, Hugh Buchtman, and the two Anthony Carrolls. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates, and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to patronise the establishment where these podcasts are forged, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, where I can guarantee you will not acidize your digestive juices. Tears start from as little as £3 a month. I'm afraid we do not accept the 20 narg note, uh, but you get advance releases, bonus and exclusive material, and other little bits and bobs. If you sign up for a year, there's a £10 discount as well. Um, and you can also, if you don't want to do a monthly subscription thing, which is what Patreon offers, you can just go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke and make a donation whenever you think I sound hungry. However, I know that financial assistance is not always possible. We live in difficult times and <laughs> some of you might need to buy a tank of petrol every now and again. So uh, I'll tell you what you can do, though. That costs nothing. Go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and just give these a five-star review uh, and a couple of lines of positive uh, review. So a five-star rating, really, and the review, a uh, couple of lines composed by yourself, extolling the virtues of these things. That just really helps to increase the visibility, which in an ever-expanding marketplace uh, on the internet, which seems to consist entirely of Doctor Who podcasts, really does help. And it means that people... Uh, are more likely to listen to this stuff, which justifies my time in the cupboard away from my partner and children and civilization, and hope and ambition and a career and any justification for the small amount of time I've spent on this planet. Thanks. And I'm a regular at the Comedy Night Excess Malarkey in Manchester, which is every Tuesday at 8pm. Some fantastic guests coming up. Uh, but we are also online on the first Sunday of every month, twitch.tv forward slash Excess Malarkey. 
I introduce three of the finest comics from the circuit and we do fun comedy stuff for free. There is, again, the donation option there, but it's free at the point of entry uh, and it's a comedy club that's been running for 24 years, so we must be doing something right. So uh, if uh, if you still need to hear more of my voice, but actually don't want me to mention Doctor Who quite so much, although I do still mention Doctor Who a bit, uh, then Excess Malarkey is at twitch.tv forward slash Excess Malarkey the first Sunday of every month at 8pm and the shows remain online for 14 days after that and there are even, you know we put clips clips and highlights up as well so there's plenty there whenever uh, you decide to uh, frequent that channel or as I say the live show in Manchester Excess Malarkey every Tuesday 8pm and you can follow me on Twitter at Toby Haydock and these podcasts have their own stream at Haydock Podcasts. I've also got a website, uh, tobyhaydock.com, and there's a Facebook. I hate the use of the word in reference to me, but it's the way things are done these days. Fan page, or I think it's just a page, but you, you know the thing. It's, it's my name, and it says what I'm doing. Mwah. Captain Potter, you'd better warn your men. Things may happen. <laughs>